This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Anatari. She's a good aligned Kalishtar war priest. She has psionic powers. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I don't know what this assisting means. What do you, what do you have to say for yourself there? Uh, what do I call you? Mr. Death? Death? Boss? Not yet. <laughs> I'm Kevin. You will see this old man who looks similar to what Mithrin used to look like, but about 15 years older. And you will see that his entire hand is just basically one giant fan brace, all just armored to, like, the nth degree. But he looks you right in the eye and he says, Well met. I'm Florian. First, let me introduce myself. I'm Carl. And I'm Kinsey, the despotic DM of Death Before Dishonor, dastardly dashing ahead with all sorts of freeform creative ideas on the fly. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Florian. And I'm the comfortably reclined Tinsian. <laughs> and this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, August 21st, and this is episode 176 in a used to be weekly and trying to catch up to be weekly series. A following group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Great Area Podcast. So last time was a couple weeks ago. Uh, we do have an episode actually we're sitting on right now that is going to go up soon uh, from the last time we recorded. We're having some trouble with uploading it, but uh, it will get there. So if you're hearing this, hopefully you've listened to that one already. And what we'll Tinzian catches up on where we are currently. So Dungeon Master, you are a go. Good evening, everyone. Administrative note. Uh, you'll note we're down two people tonight. Um, Mithrin is not able to make it due to a real-life situation. And Cesar is also, likewise, not able to make it, um, perhaps due to real life and or his birthday tonight. So, happy birthday, Cesar. As far as, um, as Jesse pointed out, the episodes go, uh, we've got an episode from about a month ago. It's been really hectic, quite crazy, and a lot of stuff going on between vacations. So, hopefully, I'll get that out soon. We'll get this episode out tonight uh, sooner, and we're going to try and get back to at least a weekly or other every other week sort of situation in the last episode the party managed to uh get a couple answers out of the green dragon empress regarding their adventure into the astral plane where they had fought a whole bunch of stuff coming out of it however uh they've apparently managed to maintain their dragon boons and if i recall correctly cesar managed to get a treasury in his name. And, and he got fingered by death. <laughs> yes, he did. He's got a skeletal pinky bone now in order to... Was it his pinky? Yep, his pinky. Okay. In order to uh, mark his association as the conciliar of death. Just as an aside, because nobody else is around to do it, I have a joke. Oh, Lord. Yep. What okay. do you call what what branch of the military of the army did the group of foresters go into? Florian, do you know? No. What branch of the military? This is a tree joke. I know this is a tree joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. All right, what? Sappers. Oh. Okay. Good. Now that the mood is properly set, I can also further inform the listening audience who haven't uh, heard this as yet. Um, Xanatari has apparently a city 
named after her in her honor for all the good work that was done in the astral plane. <laughs> yes, the whole city. Now, as usual, we're going to bullshit our way through an episode. Right, and Florian got a box. Doesn't that seem wrong to you? Oh, well, I'm actually wondering, Florian, did you get a box that promised not to eat you, or what else did you get? You you asked for something, and I just remember being very kind of, well, <laughs> mi- you know, very kind of Carl. Uh, as far as I remember, I asked for um, maybe a mount. Um, yes, um, you yes. got an armadillo, yeah, a giant armadillo. armadillo. Yes, so you have a giant armadillo. <clears throat> Because I thought that'd be wrong. Like that? I get a whole city and he gets a box. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, you know, one one person's city is another person's, you know. Cardboard box? One man's box. trash is not equal to someone else's treasure. Well, it's far easier for him to be mayor of the box. You know, so that way he can conveniently move it. It's It's kind of like a caravan during the summer. He can just move it around and he can be a nomadic... Um, box-wearing monk. Well, now he has a kick-ass armadillo. That seems better. Yep. So, <laughs> All of a sudden... Uh, well, he can, now, he can also now tie a box to the back of the armadillo and have a trunk. If he ever, if he ever wants to put anything in there, if he wants... And that's the episode! Thanks for listening! <laughs> well, okay, fine. Alright, so we're going to kind of just finish over the fact that um, the other two guys aren't here, and... You're kind of left to your own doings right now, um, both of you. There have been complaints that there's just been action after action after action, and none of you have been able to have time to even just go make pancakes. So you can either finish up with the Green Dragon Empress, or you can start on your merry way. Each of you has completed, well, actually the entire party has completed another leg of the Path of the Immortals. You've got a deeper connection either to with your gods, or in uh, Carl's case, he's got a more deeper connection to himself and his own abilities. I don't think Carl has, uh, previous to tonight, reached a level where he would start picking out his own portfolio items. So I'm going to present to you, Carl, the question of what sort of mm, sliver of ability or I don't know how to best describe it um, ability action type sort of thing do you want to be considered a junior deity of mm. because um, Zentari has stuff related to both torture through electricity no no no, no. And some weather <laughs> that stuff. was not a tree that's not a tree that I picked. I know. But you still have it. Yeah. But there's the other stuff. You know, she's got some storm capabilities, but it's not she's not a full storm deity or a full weather deity. She's got kind of a slice of things. And what kind of are you gonna try and get a little more in contact with Carl? If I had to design some him as a minor deity, it would he would probably be the deity of uh, well meant but uh, pretty rushed actions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> de- okay. There's gotta be a, a there's gotta be a name for this deity now though. Like, what are you gonna the deity of ill considered actions? What are you gonna name this? 
Oh, I like that. There's a title. There's the title. <laughs> <laughs> the deity of flying by the seat of your pants. How's that work? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, very good. Um, you are going to be a little more inclined to note, um, if you're not paying attention to things, uh, Carl, if someone does such an action, you may take some note of it right now you're not able to necessarily push out a favor in return for that but um you can kind of kind of feel when there's a kindred spirit doing something that's fine and as as you progress down this path both the sphere that you're involved with will get larger but you also maybe be able to interact back with the person or persons doing this. And as a DM assigned thing, I'm also going to make you the minor patron of lemmings. <laughs> <laughs> because they like to jump and their rush action is tends to be off a cliff. Mm. As far as I know they were pushed by Disney. <laughs> yes, they were pushed, but so were you so were you you were pushed and you behaved admirably in the face of giant worms. Okay. <laughs> Good. I like this. Um, by the way, within at least 10 miles of you right now, Carl, there are no lemmings. Well, we could eat other stuff. Okay. Maybe find a squirrel. So what you're saying is that lemmings are attracted to him, so if there's lemmings, they're going to come and follow him? They're not going to follow him. But he will have an affinity with lemmings. Okay. So in that, in, in that, in snack? that, if, so if somebody wipes out or attempts to hurt a large group of lemmings, uh huh, unless done through a rushed, ill thought of action, <laughs> he may have a sense that somewhere, he's his spider sense is going to tingle and go somewhere. There's a lemming that's in danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably a large group of lemmings. I, I probably wouldn't be quite so cruel as to go, there's a, a lone lemming chewing on a piece of grass. <laughs> it occupies an entire episode. He would be kind of nuts, right? Every 30 seconds. Lemming? <laughs> lemming. <laughs> well, so far, you guys haven't run into either any dire lemmings or just straight, straight up lemmings. Oh, please so... give him a dire lemming pet. Please. Oh. So it, yeah, for armadillo. <laughs> at some at some point in time, but at least now he's got the armadillo. <laughs> so at least, already at, least at least he's not the patron saint, you know, uh, the lesser patron saint of armadillos and leprosy. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, Xanatari, after some study, and I'm going to give this to you without making you do any rolls. Uh, the handiwork of the storm. Um, as it was rolling through as you were controlling it and stuff, you can definitely tell that the stone patterns have been worn away through the violent force of the storm. And it's actually kind of a pretty geological, pretty as in it's neat to look at, um, kind of scouring of the area, the different gullies and wind striations and a bunch of stuff. So it's it's pretty neat what you've done with the, with the storm. And that has since weathered additionally over the last thousand years. Nice. Yep. 
Um, so there may be a dwarf deity that has possibly taken notice of you as well. Could be the same one that has noticed um, Cesar and has apparently been spurned by him taking over with death. Okay, that was a while ago. I sort of remember that. Is this is that the Christmas episode? Like there was a dwarf in the Christmas episode too. I thought. Mm, yeah. In... Okay. Yeah. Uh oh, Florian went bye bye, and we're left with an octopus. Okay. And yes, Cesar says he is not able to make it because that room is off limits. Okay. To stuff. So. No worries. I hope he has a good birthday anyway. That sucks having a infestations on your birthday <laughs> yes okay so um yeah i think carl's coming back maybe uh, uh no i've got uh, at least audio back okay so yes he's spinning to think yay yay uh all you missed was that uh cesar confirmed that he can't make it tonight so okay the and there is after a month's delay our co-GM, Freddy. And he's apparently very chatty tonight, so I hear. Mm-hmm. So, for those in the live stream, if there is anybody in there right now, because they may have forgotten us despite the tweets. Oh, no, we have one. Yay, one person. Okay, so, um, instead of launching you immediately directly into another Path of the Immortals, we can spend this time taking a side trip for whatever you two would like to do can always bring you back together afterwards when um, we've got people together. Zanatari, what would you like to do? Well, uh, I believe last time that we were waiting, or at least she was waiting for uh, the Green Dragon to arrive, and they could kind of, or maybe we had talked, I can't remember, it was talked, a couple weeks yes. ago. Okay, and there was like a, an area away from the lizard uh, leader and... You know, that was, I guess, where the future had built up some peoples and things like that. So, I mean, either she's going to want to explore the immediate area or eventually go to the city, her city, but she's not going to do that right now and leave everyone. So I guess we're kind of looking for where we're going to go next. So I'm going to, I would like to explore the the area outside of the bunker that we're kind of around okay. the lizard people. Um, so you're going to head towards the berm? Yes. Okay. And as you're doing so, you start to uh, feel... The memories from the Kalishtar hive mind starting to fill in the holes from the time that you went through the fighting in the past, or astrally, to now. So there's actually a very great um, and amazing tale that has been told and passed along to the Kalishtar of your exploits and the exploits of the group. Okay. Um, So... You approach the uh, berm, which is guarded by lizardmen, under no sign or color except for your own armor and being, and you are not challenged. As you approach, you hear the sounds of community life beyond the berm, and it'll take you probably um, a couple rounds to get there. We'll just pass this off as time being whatever. Do you want to climb the berm and interact, or do you just... Um, yeah, well, I guess I'd like to have a perception check so I know when I climb the berm if there's something over there waiting for me that might be unpleasant. Okay. Go ahead and roll a perception check. Florian, will you roll for me, please? 
if he's listening. Uh, it's a five. Okay, 17. Okay. Uh, from judging from the sounds on the other side, no, there is nothing horrible waiting. You do see um, lizard men mounted on flying mounts off in the distance, but again, nothing, nobody's suddenly pulling a dagger out and charging you or casting any sort of magic that you feel you need to avoid. Okay. Uh, yeah, then I'm going to keep going and looking okay. to see if there's anything of interest. On the other side, there's a small settlement, probably about 500 um, lizard folk. These ones have built up a collection of above-ground buildings, um, more of the adobe huts, uh, perhaps Tatooine-style igloo dwellings, mm-hmm. for better visual. But you also see um, guarded and uh, stone-lined um, doorways that lead into warrens underground. Okay. Given the size of what's on top and being farmed and hunted for, you can presume that there's at least 500 lizardmen around. Okay. Um, Nobody seems to make a point of running away. Uh, Some that do see you as you go by will try to kind of clasp you on your shoulder and cheer you and welcome you back. But... uh, some also seem to be taking a considerable effort to try and act normal, or as normal as lizard men can. Okay, well, we seem to be well received, so uh, it's been a while since you know I've repaired the stuff I have and replenished all my supplies and you know, did some shopping, etc. So I think she's gonna um, try to find like wherever the ma- major trade portion of this settlement is, or wherever they're keeping things that they might want to be interested in trading. Okay. Um, And by the way, the interaction portion is largely from um, I guess you're famous, but they don't want to bug you, so they're just trying to be like, hey, (laughs) yay. Uh, You can find a central trading area pretty easily. And um, none of the shopkeeps are looking to shoo you away. And nothing seems is suddenly shoved off the table and into a bag. So what, what sort of things would you like to look for? Oh, speaking of bags, uh, Bert is in your satchel. It's in one of your satchels. Okay. Uh, I have this interesting um, lizard mount skin that I don't want Florian to see. So uh, also, Florian, can you refresh your cam? Because it's still spinning. Um, Just turn off and on again. See if it fixes. Did several times in Skype, or do you mean re-unplugging it? Uh, no, it should. Sometimes, if you just turn it off and on, it should fix again. Uh, I just don't see an image. That's so spinning. several times. Okay, well, don't worry about it if you don't. If it doesn't. Okay. Uh, anyway, I don't want Florian to see this skin because I remember the last time he was disturbed by the fact that I skinned his his lizard mount um, after it was unfortunately killed. <laughs> And uh, so I would like to get something... There you are, Florian. I would like to get something made out of that. Um, I don't know how large it is, if it's large enough to make some kind of, uh, you know, either a bag or, you know, a a scabbard for my short sword or something cool. I mean, I have kind of a a nice scabbard, but I'm just looking to see how much much material I've got here. Roll an inside check. Uh, Florian, can you roll? (laughs) That's a one. (laughs) 
Okay, natural one. Um, I'm fairly insightful, so I think I'm going to be like 15 when I add this up. It's a natural one, though. Yeah, I know. I still suck. But... <laughs> so, I will be nice, actually, and I will ignore that one, but I'm going to raise a question to you. Uh-huh. So, you walk up. You are the savior of saviordom. <laughs> and unnamed you have page. you have a big pimping hide which could be very well used or is it going to come across like Hannibal Lecter has just put one of his <laughs> victims and a grandfather to a possibly great grandfather to one of these lizard people on the table and hey can you make me a purse right with Bob? It, it puts the skin on the table um, well, I mean, this is a mount, right? It's not a lizard man. It's a mount. So hopefully you're not going to react in, in such a way that I have put great-grandfather Billy on the table, you know? Um, you know, there, 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 there could have been the Clydesdale family that you have wiped out of existence, and... <laughs> There's a green stripe in the middle. That's <laughs> Polly's stock. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, so so I'm 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 gonna ask you do you wanna give pause or do you wanna get for the cause? Well these people are have these guys as mounts and I'm sure that, you know, like other animals, when your horse dies you probably use the skin. So I'm gonna assume that they have, you know, special knowledge of this that other people wouldn't, otherwise I'd just wait till I got to the next town. So I'm gonna okay. chance it, even with okay. my one. Pardon my camera shift here. I'm trying to fix pillows. Okay. Um, I'm going to ignore the critical one, and I'm not going to bank that. Um, you actually have a sufficient amount of leather for either um, most of a set of armor, a heavy cloak, or a couple bags. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty decent, you know, larger than duvet. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I have a decent set of armor, if I recall, heavy armor. Um, I'm probably going to want a cloak. And I'll have to explain to Florian exactly how I got this after the cloak's ready. Okay. Um, it is going to require some tanning. Because mm -hmm. it is all natural. That's fine. I'm going to be in here for a day or two, I think. Uh, it takes a little while to do some tanning. So you may have to come back for it. Okay. But what color do you want? Um, something like green or brown that'll blend in with the forest. Okay. Do you want any flash added to it? Well, the underside could be a color if it wants to. What color? Uh, blue. Okay. Do you want any magic added to it? What kind of choice do I have? What kind of choice do you want? Anything concealing would be awesome. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Um, they are going to... They know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that could possibly do that. They're not <laughs> sure as to what level, but they're going to take half of the leather. So whatever remains from not having the cloak, they're going to take. Okay, I'm fine with that. Okay. They will get that set up for you, and um, you want any special brooches or clasps or anything to... Uh, no, I think I have the dragon brooch, which would be... Apropos. Okay. Oh, and um, I think at some point in time you had adjusted your hilt to do the lightning effect. Yes. 
But I think that at some point you also wanted to get your um, your pommel rewrapped. Okay. I think you sure. had it somewhat exposed. So they will wrap it for you there if you want it. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. I got I'm rolling in the gold. Okay. So they will use a portion of the leather and they'll cord wrap up your um, your sword. What else do you want to look for while you're meandering around? Just the base stuff, like, uh, you know, food and any crossbow bolts I might need, and, you know, just the repairing of anything that's worn. You know, nothing's flashy right now. Okay. Um, what is Winter doing? Um, well, Winter is kind of following me sedately. Um, just, I mean, the, the stuff that I'm getting for rations is, you know, things I can eat, but also to feed Winter. Um, I guess since I ride winter now, I might want to think about, like, that kind of thing, but, um, let Florian go while I think. By the way, uh, winter's head now is slightly higher than you stand. Wow. Yeah. Um, the bone plates, that come jotting out in different areas, marking him as a dire wolf are quite, uh, quite pronounced. Okay. So he's actually got to be kind of careful going down these streets or you could easily knock stuff knock stuff over. Okay. Okay. Uh, Florian, what would you like to do? You suddenly find yourself with some free time and um, Cesar, for the lack of time, is not ignoring you but is ignoring you and Mithrin is still, I guess, asleep. He whittles <laughs> in his spare time. Well, I think... Um Carl would have uh, accompanied indeed um, Santari to the uh, to the city because he'd like to check it out and he wouldn't go alone. Okay, he's too shy for that. So uh, not to um, so we don't have to um, doing the transactions for the lizard skin. He'll uh, eye the marketplace and uh, look for spices, and then pat down his robes and go, oh, I don't really have any money. Um, <laughs> does anyone speak my language, Mr. Uh, dear Lizard folks? He's way We didn't give him any money. We should have done that. Okay. Um, Carl, roll away perception check, please. It's another five uh, for a total of it was perception uh, nine. <laughs> okay. Um, there are some interesting waterworks as you walk through town. There's various fountains with figures on top. And some have water shooting, you know, out of a mouth into kind of, you know, your classic fountain. Others have um, it's the water coming out of a toe, you know, a, like a leg is raised in the air is like a kick, and there's a water coming out of the toe. Um, there's a figure that's like clutching its chest and it looks wounded, and there's water pouring out of that. Um, there is one where the figure is asleep, and the water is actually just coming out of the pant leg. Okay. And 
these look familiar in any kind, in any way? Um, yes. So, Carl will go um, near them and eye them carefully, and um, okay. that's interesting. Um, I don't know how many times Carl has possibly seen himself in a mirror, but I'm sure if Buddha looked at himself as the fat caricature um, that he is in knickknack shops, it'd probably be something like that. But you slowly dawns on you that these are carved images of um, Carl in various stances. <laughs> <laughs> Carl shaving. Oh. Carl washing his face. Carl relieving himself in a bush. <laughs> there is actually one of those fountains. Um, it's next to this tree that nobody has uh, ever touched. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Carl gets a big smile on his face. They, oh, that's nice and uh, try to um, still find a, um, a little person that speaks this language. Okay. Um, f under further consideration and the fact that you've got a low roll, there actually seems to be a hmm, handful here and there. A pair of lizard men will walk by that have robes very similar to yours. Oh. So you called. Uh, hello, um, lizard persons. Uh, do you speak my language? Um, they both turn around at the sound of your voice and give a lizard man's version of a Carl expression <laughs> on their face and immediately fall to the dirt in a bowing. And... They go, Mr. Carl, sir, we knew that you were about, but we did not know that you were about here, and therefore, you're about to say something, so we're about to listen, Mr. Carl, sir. Uh, Carl will imitate the bow exactly the same way, uh, even the, the depth of the, the bow, and go, oh, uh, didn't... No, you knew me. Um, um, I'm sorry, but can you tell me how I could uh, earn a few coins in the city so I can buy some spices? Um, as you bow, uh, they start digging into the ground so that they <laughs> remain lower to you. And their speech patterns in your language are mirroring Carl, so all the kind of awkward pauses and whatever else <laughs> may be there. It's sort of like Wayne and Garth meet Bill and Ted for movie synologies. Um, they introduce themselves, and uh, it is some lizard man version of a name that doesn't quite translate well into the common tongue. But what you get is that um, they are members of a monastic order founded upon your principles. And you are actually able to 
Um, oh, that's cute. I know it's not good radio, but we just had a nice shot of Koji and Freddy. All right. Um, they've been paying ties, and um, there is caretaking fees and everything else paid for the order. So you are actually able to get items through the monastery. So if you want to go spice hunting, um, nobody's going to really kind of stop you because you are the, you know, irregardless of whether there is a grand master currently operating and teaching at the monastery or wherever they're learning, you're kind of numero uno because you're the founder. Hmm. But having things given to him without paying, that's not very Carl. He would insist of doing some uh, something for the... Um, something in return, like, well, maybe uh, giving, giving a class of martial arts at a, a local monastery. Okay. Um... They they seem relieved at you. They they go. This is indeed the indeed the true Carl, and um, they would like instead of because these merchants don't follow the order. They they respect the order, but they're not students. So the only ones that would really get anything from the martial arts are are the students or the other monks. Um, they would like to see um, Carl, who is the master of many things. Um, Prepare something with the spices that he is going to purchase. Oh, that, that's very fine. Okay. <laughs> so we'll pause for you and go back to Xanatari, okay. who um, right now, by the way, uh, as you're pulling and dealing with your leather thing, Cesar mm-hmm. um, just kind of ambly walks past you, and I mean, um, Carl just kind of walks past you and doesn't. Kind of notice that you've got a uh, a huge a huge cloak of leather. Yes, yes, he seems distracted, and you sort of see him making friends on something. And you you too also notice the um, statues in the fountain. Okay, Zanatari would laugh like hysterically to see Carl statues. Okay. Um, oh, and all the statues have really really pronounced legs <laughs> from all the jumping. Oh, oh, okay. oh it, it's it's sort it's sort of like you know the the huge everyone thinks you know people are rocky or fighters are rocky and stuff so they heard all these stories of him jumping in combat and stuff so <laughs> okay oh it's 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 something like his legs are just That's huge trunks hilarious yes. okay well I mean Carl is a good natured guy and he kind of came along as a naive traveler and now has been like. Uh, given the adulation of an entire town that sort of turned him into a, an icon. So she's going to think that's pretty amusing. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll note where he goes okay. and uh, continue like waiting for my, my skin to be done. You will also note that any talking that these monks do is extremely, extremely formal. Okay. No, like... Hey Bob, blah 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 blah. It's all extremely Carl and extremely <laughs> normal. Okay, okay. Um, 
it you could do to ask if there's like a knife that they have to plunge into themselves for Harry Carey if if they do the informal greeting, but you know that can be left for another day. I see. Okay. So you're waiting on your thing. That's going to be a couple days mm-hmm. for your cloak. But uh, what else do you want to go look for? Um. I guess, you know, Xanatar would be interested in the possibility of having a shrine here to her unnamed god, since we've kind of established one in uh, Winterhaven. Mm-hmm. So, I guess she would look to see if there is some sort of dominant uh, religion like that is present here already. Okay. Um, there is. It is the Green Dragon Empress. Okay. Well, but in every instance of the Green Dragon Empress that you can find, there is at least nearby some token, I don't know what they're called, but it's a small little narrow house. About three foot three foot tall. Looks kind of like a German cuckoo clock. Okay. Planted on the ground, and inside um, there is some representation. The, the face is not exactly fully carved, to full detail, um, as if it's like ex- ex- um, hidden by mist to some degree or fog, mm-hmm. you can clearly tell that it is some representation of yourself. Okay. And you roll an arcane. Uh, okay, Carl, can you please? Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> what's up today? The two? Uh, that's okay. It's like twenty-two. I have a really high arcane. <laughs> Sweetie, come here. These shrines are blessed. It is clear that it has been blessed by the Green Dragon Empress, but it is not in an absurper form that um, means, you know, like, you're her bitch. Okay. But you feel that behind that image, there's something in each of those houses that you could kind of construe as that link between you and your deity, where occasionally something's there, but you know, you've never seen your deity except in that one instance in the storm where it was smacking demons around. Mm-hmm. There's still the presence of your deity about. So it's kind of a co-use house, but clearly you are the representation for this. Um, some of them have caricatures, like, you know, action poses of you in various instances of the um, the fight that you were in while you were in the actual plane. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like, it's even, like, the most detailed thing sometimes becomes, like, your jaw is extended like a dragon's, and you are biting into something and ripping something apart. So it's kind of very, still lizard men a bit. Very okay. fierce. Um, there is one, kind of the central one, there's, uh, your figure standing over something with your sword held in the air, and on the ground is something with long ears, some sort of humanoid with long ears. Okay, um, Centaur's not sure how she feels about being the representation of her unnamed god, but considering that her face is obscured guess that's okay uh so then it seems like there is already such a thing here and 
doesn't need a kind of building established or a acolyte, etc. Um, there could be or something, but it, it's sort of, I don't know if Joan of Arc would be the best way to put it, but throughout history, there are various figures that expound, that are, you know, the prime example of something. Um, in this case, even though you are a battle cleric versus a, a, a regular paladin, mm-hmm. you are, for lack of a better term, as far as you know and are concerned in the groups that you've encountered so far and the cultures that you've seen, which have been limited, um, you seem to be the physical presence for your deity. Okay. So, seeing yourself in this regard, as you say, is not a middle finger or slap to your deity. Okay. As long, uh, as, uh, you know. as, long as it's not going to be taken that way, then she's fine with it. Okay. Um, if you wanted to set something up, you probably could. Uh, you sense that the Green Dragon Empress is extremely popular. Mm-hmm. But it is a very old, ancient um, religion. Okay. Yours, well. yours, yours is more of a casual, respectful following. The Green Dragon Empress is more of your classic. Gotcha. Uh, well, she's not looking to establish something over top of the Green Dragon Empress because they're all sort of. Well, she she as far as she knows, the Green Dragon Empress has served them well, and she doesn't want to, you know, try to interfere with long-held beliefs on that. So, as long as there's something here representing, then uh, she's cool. Hmm. Okay. Um, you also come to understand, looking around at the various uh, shrines of the Green Dragon Empress, she's something of a jailer. How so? Um... Some a lot of her representations have her binding or holding something in check. Okay, I got you. So one part of part of her sphere and portfolio is you've come to realize she's got some degree of creation or artifacting ability, but she's also some sort of jailing sphere influenced deity. So she's not necessarily fighting back and gatekeeping. Um, yeah, could be could be a logical assumption to okay. be drawn from there. Okay. Um, what would you like to? What else, as you're looking around here, would you like to uh, be on the lookout for? I guess I'd like to catch up on the history because, um, obviously, Kalashtar, unified memory. Like, I don't know if coming through this and having all these years pass, suddenly Xanatar is going to know everything that happened because of the collective memory, or if it's something that she's going to have to catch up on. Um, there's been, there is or has been a Kalashtar nearby enough that, or there's just from residue of when you did your ceremony. Mm-hmm. That um, you feel the hive mind information filling in the pieces that you didn't know. However, your experiences being closer to the source are overriding some of the stories. Okay. So it's gonna it's gonna be a give and take when you whenever you get back to the Kalashtar 
there's going to be some refinement, but you're going to be the primary memory to it. But there's a lot of the story stuff and a lot of the legends that are starting to come creeping in. Okay. And um, oh, uh, overhearing stuff. Apparently, this village is named after a um, lizard person, a lizard woman, who had um, passed away in. You know, just prior to this uh, expansion, uh, the name and it's some sort of memorial city. You seem hearing the name; it seems to sound an awful lot like the uh, lizard woman that was killed by the box that you guys <laughs> ran away from and tried to hide. The one that was kind of swinging out of the box. Right. So yeah, you're in the. You know, let's call it Lady J. Not no. Lady J, but the, uh, you know, you're in the Lizard lizard Woman X's Memorial City. Okay, that's funny. Okay. So, uh, try to not go too bad of an oops. <laughs> yeah, Denter is going to, like, try to, to conceal her expression of absolute horror. <laughs> okay. Um, Carl, you are able to find a spice merchant, um, quite a number of them actually. And once they realize that you are actually looking to purchase something or interested in their wares, they are definitely all about trying to put every single spice they can underneath your nose. <laughs> oh. Carl will be very happy um, at some times, probably sneeze and uh, <laughs> just send them flying all over. Okay. Um, there's a couple of spices that um, they put under you. They tell you after the fact that they are fairy spices. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't um, understand. What kind of spices? Fairy. Ah. Tinkerbell, fairy, like oh, fairy, like fairy. Oh, okay, hey, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And um, if you sniff them extremely hard, your perceptions and other things start to change and warp. Oh, kind of, you have okay. a bit of you, start, you have a bit of a trip. Um, <laughs> Great, because Carl needs a, a little escape from reality. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any inns nearby? Sanitary, please. At, at one at one point, um, they put a fairy thing underneath your nose, and then some pepper, and you sneeze, and uh, fire erupts from your mouth. <laughs> and some boys fly <laughs> off into the air. That would be very useful. <laughs> um, you torch the ground, and some of the spices. And the two monks um, that are with you look at each other in surprise and start whispering amongst themselves. And you hear um, kind of through a distorted little bit, we never knew he could do that. Um, go find some alcohol. One of them goes <laughs> running, running off towards a nearby stall that is selling some sort of alcohol and begins um, frenzied negotiations. 
I sense a statue. <laughs> uh, the mer- the merchant kind of looks at you a little wary because you know they're not fully fireproof, but um, sort of in a very slow motion voice because the perceptions are all kind of weird and you're tripping a little bit. Um, asks you what sort of spices you would like and what would you like to cook. Um, well, I'd like some quite, um, strong spices, like a very, very, well, spicy. <laughs> and, um, like, well, I don't know what kind of spices like there are in a fantasy world. <laughs> like, uh, like pepper, like, uh, mace, um, oregano, um, Curry, turmeric. Cur- curry, well, curry is it's a plant, um, but yeah, cumarin, yeah. Um, okay. And okay. I love how he's just like, oh, I only speak ba- basic English, but I know paprika. <laughs> What's that? Same in German. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And what would you like to cook? Uh, do you know what a tagine is? Okay. I'd like to make a, a giant tagine for everybody in the marketplace. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Zenitari, behind you as you're walking away uh, from Carl, there's a bright flash of light, a little bit of burst of heat, and the wafting of some sort of spice reaches your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl seems deep in conversation with the merchant while his two, uh, his two friends have run off to another stall. Okay. Uh, what would you like to do? And this is going to be your final time around for this evening. Well, I guess I would like to check on Carl. I mean, we kind of drug him along on this adventure to begin with and, uh, uh, not sure what kind of resources he has or, you know, what it is that he'd like. So, you know, she kind of realizes belatedly, like, that Carl might want something here. And uh, since she's kind of holding a lot of the money, she should probably check on him. So I'll go over and also be curious as to what this unusual smell is and the usual uh, sh- hijinks that we get up to make sure that he doesn't burn down the stall or something else. Okay. Coming up, um, you see that uh, Carl is talking, but he's not making very much sense. He's just kind of pointing here and there, mostly at himself. (laughs) And the merchant is trying very hard to understand what is going on here before looking at one of the um, bags of spices that he's pulled out and getting a very kind of sick look on his face, very stricken look on his face. And also realizes that there's a couple um, patches of flame on Carl's robe and tries to kind of kick some dust or maybe if he's got a uh, piece of cloth, he's trying to surreptitiously, under Carl's vision, trying to put um, these flames out. Okay. It, 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 looks, it looks to you like Carl has somehow sneezed fire. Mm-hmm. 
Well, first of all, I mean, Xantar's going to be slightly annoyed with the shopkeeper that, she, that you know, gave him fire, knowing Carl. But <laughs> before she rounds on the shopkeeper, I guess uh, she would be concerned that he's hallucinating or doing some sort of strange uh, mumbling kind of at himself and not making sense. So she's going to go up to him and shake him, you know, and just kind of turn him so that he's facing her, put her face, like, you know, about a foot away from him and, and just go, Carl! Carl! What's going oh, on? Oh, Miss Centauri, I, uh, those friendly people just asked me to cook something for them, and I tried some spices to see which uh, one are best. That sounds delicious. Why are you talking to yourself? <laughs> talking to you? And no. you're on fire. Oh, 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 uh, well, I'm sorry for being on fire. Um, I'm gonna put it out now. <laughs> it's like talking to a Canadian. She will help you put the fire out and glare menacingly at the merchant, you know, as though, what did you do to him? And, uh, and kind of look to where these other two companions of his have run off to, just kind of trying to keep an eye on what they're after. Um, the merchant has, once realizing that he's had this wrong bag... Um, starts diving, you know, kind of pulls this sh- box out from underneath his um, table, mm-hmm. counter, and it's metal box, probably about a half foot in all dimensions, and starts rummaging through bottles before trying to press a blue bottle into first Cesar's chest, Carl? or then, I sorry, to Carl's chest, or then tries to hand it to you, and he's, like, extremely apologetic, but he tries to explain that this is an antidote. An antidote to the fire? No, an antidote to the spice trip that he's oh, okay. having. Okay. He, expl- he explains that this is a fairy spice. He confused it with something else. It wasn't supposed to be up. Obviously, someone's been messing with his supply. He's most sorry. Um, essentially, please don't kill him. <laughs> Okay. Xenotar will hand it to to, uh, to Carl and say, hey, why don't you test this one out? Oh, sure. And Carl's going to take us quick. Um, Carl? The bottle, the bottle um, starts screaming at you. It's a vampire! It's got me! It's draining me! Carl's going to stare at the bottle. Whoa, uh, sorry, Miss Sanitary, is the bottle screaming to you, too? No. Zentar's gonna snatch the bottle out of your hand, turn to the spice merchant, and shove the bottle in his face and start screaming at him. What have you done to my friend? What is this? You said this would make him stop hallucinating. Now he's talking to glass. What have you done? He, the merchant has no idea. He just simply knows that this is supposed to be an antidote. And, Carl, you are overcome with this great flavor of wintergreen and something else. Um, Perhaps the tears of somebody's enemy. I don't know who. (laughs) But reality starts to come back as close as it's ever come back to you. It's it's, the hallucinations start to stop. You see that Xanatari is holding a bottle. You saw her grab it from you, and she's holding it. So you've seen it the entire time. It's changed from a talking bottle back to a glass bottle. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, Mr. Antari. It stopped screaming now, and 
I think uh, everything's better now. Uh, I better take a, uh, a swig as well now. <laughs> and he'll uh, try to take the bottle from her again. She'll give him the bottle back. Okay. And, and uh, slightly, slightly um, mollified by the fact that he's no longer hallucinating and feeling kind of bad for yelling at the merchant since his product actually worked, she's going to inquire about the fire spice that he had earlier. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, you mentioned that you were going to keep an eye on two monks. Mm-hmm. Out of the corner of your eye, you see that they have procured a quantity of alcohol, you know, a gourd sort of container of alcohol, Lovely. each of them. Wow. And they're holding torches. Okay. And they're taking a swig and trying to figure out how to spew the alcohol on the torch to make a flame breath. It's quite a messy affair. Mm-hmm. One of them has small patches of alcohol fire on him from apparently the other one. They're very politely but profusely apologizing to each other as they attempt to blow flame down at the ground instead of in the air like a proper mm-hmm. fire breather would. Um, but they are trying to do this in as close a manner as Carl did. So they sort of sniff the torch, bringing the flame very close to themselves spew it, and there's a couple singe, you know, a couple scales that are singed. Gotcha. Um, Zenitari is going to let natural selection work by itself for a few minutes while she deals with Carl, and come back to that. Okay. Um, Carl, we will leave you where you're at for now, okay? Okay. And Zenitari, take us out. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at DeathD4Dishonor.com. Find us on Twitter at DeathD4, where you'll get notices when we're going to stream and when the episodes go up, etc. And you can come back every week, hopefully, cross our fingers, because we are going to try to do this at Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, uh, here on twitch.tv slash Genesee. So t- stay tuned for another episode, hopefully next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.